Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. This is the CHGO White Sox podcast. I am Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Today's show will be previewing the opening series between the Chicago White Sox and the Detroit Tigers. That will start tomorrow. Opening day is Friday, April 8th. We'll be going through the pitching matchups, we'll be going through the lineup, and we'll be going through our predictions of what will happen. Let's introduce the panel. It's my co-host as always. First up, Vinny Duber. He is the CHGO beat writer for the Chicago White Sox beat. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. And the man in the middle, even though you can't see him today, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He is the CHGO community leader. Guys, it's weird not to be on camera. I got to be honest. Like it, it feels normal, like a little conversation here, but it also feels like uh, like it's not real. Sean, you're such a narcissist. I was, I was literally going to say, yeah. oh, really? When's the last time you did a podcast without makeup on, Sean? Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> definitely be like March 3rd honestly I think yeah. I think when we did our little uh, little Zoom FaceTime uh, show from my mom's basement uh, our little run through I think that was the last time it wasn't on video and on uh, with makeup on I mean I don't hope I'm not talking out of school I remember Sean one time had to rush home because a mirror was broken at his house yeah. a huge mirror was broken at his house because Sean likes to look at himself and he had to make sure <laughs> that mirror was okay you had it to tape it all together. A seven-foot mirror. My girlfriend thought it was a good idea to get it shipped to our house, and it wasn't. Well, it arrived broken. It arrived broken. Wow, that's it bad ar- luck. It was a seven-foot mirror. That's seven years, seven years and seven feet of bad luck right well, there. And let me tell you, right after, right, right after that mirror shattered, I got this job. So, I mean, is that bad luck? Or, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was good luck. I'm just saying. Like, like I haven't I haven't seen the bad luck come, you're come doing yet. The rev- so. you're, you're a believer in the reverse superstition. I think so. You yeah. only step on cracks. Yeah, you you yes. make your own luck. Make <laughs> your own luck I yeah. make my own luck. Uh, let's talk about the Chicago White Sox and their opening series against the Detroit Tigers. Again, it starts on Friday, April 8th. Let's go into the icebreaker because we've been talking about projecting the roster, projecting the 28-man roster, projecting the bullpen, Uh, but there's a new name that we haven't talked about that has made the opening day roster. Yesterday, it was let known to Tanner Banks of the Chicago White Sox that he will be on the opening day roster uh, after 168 appearances in the minor league, 743 innings pitched in the minor leagues, 30 years old. He was a never a ranked prospect, and he was a senior sign in the 2014. 
2019 draft. So a long, long journey for Tanner Banks to get here, but he will be on the roster for the Chicago White Sox on opening day, a left-handed pitcher. Uh, pretty surprising move here for the Sox. Was shocked that he made it. Yeah, I wouldn't have predicted it. And in fact, kind of fortuitous, actually, Tuesday morning uh, had the opportunity to talk to Chris Getz, who's the, who's the White Sox farm director. And he was, you know, I asked him, who are the names, you know, in the minor leagues when it comes to starting pitching depth? Because... That's going to be very important as we move forward. Obviously, Johnny Cueto was just added to that list, but Tanner Banks was one of the names that he said. He included him amongst that minor league pitch starting depth, and so I think that's where we expected him to to be. Uh, you know, maybe a Triple A to start the season, but no, he's going to be on the big league roster. We don't know yet whether he's going to be a starting pitcher or just pitch out of the bullpen. Getz did mention that he has been versatile uh, since the White Sox have had had him, but uh, really the main the main detail that Getz mentioned was a four mile an hour increase in velocity for Tanner Banks, who's a 30, 30 year old journeyman who's you know been going through the minor leagues for years and years and years. Um, to add four miles an hour, yeah, that's impressive. They liked his slider, they liked the fastball, so here he is getting a shot, and I think he's going to be basically what Vince Velasquez was supposed to be before Lance Lynn got hurt. That would be my prediction. We'll find out from Tony La Russa whether that's the case or not. But to have a guy who can be kind of that swingman role that can go from the rotation to the bullpen, you want to have that guy, especially when innings are going to be uh, at a premium and you need somebody to fill in after your regular starters. Maybe Tanner Bates can slide into that pretty easily. But another lefty in the bullpen, which is something we've talked about a lot too, and that's important after Garrett Crochet's injury. Herb, filling out the the left-handedness of the bullpen here. You got Aaron Bummer, Dallas Keuchel in the rotation, and now Tanner Banks were, you know, thinking that Bennett Souza might make it as well, but Banks being officially added to the roster, what do you expect from him? I mean, like Vinny said, it's been a long time. This will be his first major league action. The White Sox, I think, drafted him in 2014, 14, yeah. and he's just been toiling away in their minor league system ever since. That is amazing. I'm just rooting for him because of the story. Like, you got drafted as a college guy, and now you're a grown-ass man. You're 30 years old and finally getting your opportunity to live out your dreams. Even if it's one pitch, I'm right. sure he would take that in a second. It's an amazing story. I hope he pitches well. Looking at his stat line, eh, more of a starter than a than a reliever so that role might uh you know mess him up but you know three batters get him out tanner right hopefully you do well in the stead of what garrett crochet uh is missing and if he's probably uh you said ben susan probably and might make the team if he's that third lefty out of the bullpen fine i'll i'll take that and he's the guy that's taking the ball after a michael kopech start and just bridging the gap to, between this and then the guys at the back end I'll take it if he's a good pitcher, but the story is awesome. The story is awesome, and you mentioned the idea of length uh, or getting three outs. Um, I think that he definitely might be a guy that they look to if, you know, maybe Dallas Keuchel has a rough inning. Uh, maybe Dallas Keuchel has a rough outing. Maybe Dylan Cease or Giolito, one of these starters, has a rough outing. Uh, you mentioned the ability to be that swingman, Vinny. Uh, he had 10 appearances of three innings or more last year in Charlotte, one appearance where it went four or more. Um, he's more effective as a reliever, but the thing that I think the White Sox are looking for him to do is uh, be effective against left-handed hitters. Uh, last year, uh, 246 average, 333 on base, 462 slugging, so not great. I mean, still a, a near 800 OPS uh, for Tanner Banks as a left-handed pitcher against, against left-handed throwers, uh, but still, you know, at least under 300. And if you said, you know, maybe he'll give you some length in a, in a come in after he uh, Dallas gives up his 38 home runs right. as a reference yesterday. <laughs> yes. We'll see if uh, he can play uh, 
Floyd Bannister's uh, illustrious record. Uh, but yeah, if, if he's if he's making progress towards breaking that record, well, Tanner Banks will uh, get some appearances for the Chicago White Sox. The other little thing we want to mention before getting into the Tigers and uh, White Sox series, Jose Ramirez just extended an extension with the uh, the, the Indians, uh, the Guardians. Oh, oh that's, there's a dollar in the swear jar. Damn it. That's like $6 for you. I got like two in there. We'd actually need the, the yeah, actual jar. I'll have it before our uh, show on Friday. Pre-game show. Join us. Yeah, join us. It's going to be before the game. Yeah, 11.45. 15, 15 minutes before the game. Uh, wow, Sean is not happy right now. You can't see him, but he's stewing. <laughs> the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, J-Ram getting an extension with the Cleveland Guardians. It's because the whole, you know, they just, the, the, the ending's the same. That's that's. I'm yeah. blaming it on Cleveland. Uh, Guardians and J-Ram getting an extension. Yeah, it's me horrible. too. Like, I don't, he signed for under market value. If he's a free agent at this time, he would have signed for much more. So it hurts people who are going to free agency as a third baseman like he is. But I guess he wants to stay in Cleveland. Good on him. Go ahead. I mean, there's no one around you, bro. Enjoy your money. (laughs) Enjoy some uh, melts and some other things. Go to the Rock Hall of Fame. Uh, LeBron's gone. But I, you know, I don't see him long for that contract. Padres are hot on him uh, before this happened. I think he can be still traded just like Nolan Arenado was traded uh, two years ago, I believe, or, yeah, two years ago mm-hmm. after he signed a long-term extension with the Colorado Rockies. So I don't like it for the White Sox standpoint, but I don't think he's long for that team. Yeah, that's that's very possible you bring that up. And, I mean, we've seen guys get moved like that after signing these extensions. You bring up Nolan Arenado. Uh, and, and, and Cleveland's a team that likes to trade guys away. You know what I mean? So, you know they did it with they did it with Bauer they did it with Clevenger they've they've done it with their guys and uh, you know they did it yeah so Carrasco yeah yeah Uber, th- yeah they've I, done it I, I think uh, I think you might be onto something there but for the moment it's a good day to be a Clevelander I guess because you know this is the listen this is the kind of thing that people kind of lament has gone away from from pro sports you know guys signing up to to spend their whole careers in one place obviously White Sox fans would love to see so many of these guys on the current White Sox roster do the same. So good for fans of the Guardians today. We'll see uh, in a couple of years if it's if it still ends up being good for him. Yeah, I mean, hopefully for their franchise, they can keep him. I mean, he's only 29 years old right now. He will only be 30 in September. You will likely have this guy until he's 35 years old. I mean, let him make a career in Cleveland. Uh, a lot of guys, it's been tough to look up. And, and, you know, you see the White Sox, you see Burley, you see Canerco, you see some of these recent legends with retired numbers. When was the last Cleveland Number to be retired. Jim Tomey, probably. Jim Tomey? Right? I mean, and I, I, and I remember him. him, too. Yeah, and I remember him more as a Philly. I remember him more of a, as a you White Sox. I remember him more as a Philly. What? I wasn't alive when he was on the <laughs> Cleveland team. Oh, my team. goodness. Uh, here it is again. <laughs> Sean Sorry, and his guys. weird, like, history timeline. I don't understand what's going on with him. Yeah, he <laughs> okay. more of the Philly. That's weird. <laughs> because there was, like, one year I was watching baseball. It was 2004. That's when he was on the Phillies, and then he got traded to the White Sox. Well, I guess it was two years later. Uh, whatever. All right. Jim Tomey. Uh, Mercy. Cle- re- retired uh, uh, Cleveland Jim Tomey, Philadelphia Philly legend. Yes. yes That's yes. what people think about Jim Tomey, Minnesota twin legend. <laughs> um, Jose Ramirez, though, uh, will be in your nightmares for a while, White Sox fans, unless he gets traded. Uh, it's a five-year deal, $124 million. Uh, 150 is guaranteed. 
uh, with some escalators. And there is a no trade clause uh, on the deal, but we'll see, uh, you know, whatever happens. I mean, he can always waive uh, a no trade clause. But let's get into the White Sox and Detroit Tigers. Before we get into that, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature, the live NBA same game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. And if you want more, if you want better odds, you can boost your live same game parlays by watching live, parlaying live, and boosting live with PointsBet. Online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem call one 800 Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, first real, uh, you know. Ooh, I, thought, uh, I thought maybe you were having an aneurysm. No. Why? Because I screwed it up or just don't I'm know how just, to read? I, there was that pause there I was yeah. just a little concerned about. It's okay. I just Glad don't know you're how okay. to read. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into the White Sox and Tigers here, previewing the first series of the 2022 series uh, season. Guys, how does it feel? Baseball's finally back. I, I am so ridiculously excited to stop Wondering about what could, what could happen and just, you know, talk about what will happen. The White Sox and Tigers will face off this weekend. You're going to Detroit. It should be fun. It should be fun. I, I, I like the Motor City. I think it's a little underrated. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't I haven't explored, uh, you know, as much of it as I've liked. I've been to the Motown Museum, which is mm. a must-stop, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, you're right, right? We're getting answers. We, we, we've been talking for months, you know, what will happen? You know, we got we got nothing but questions for months, and the answer is always, you know, we have our educated guesses, but the answer is always, well, we're going to have to wait and find out, and now we're going to start finding out, and that's good, and that's fun. We like baseball, right? Right. We do like <laughs> baseball. Uh, I like baseball a lot when T.A. is going to be playing. T.A. will be yeah. out for the first two games. Uh, what effect will that have for the Sox in the lineup? Uh, Lurie Garcia will be hitting leadoff. I, I'm not you know saying that as a certainty, but I guarantee it's going to be somebody like that Leading off the series, the season for the White Sox will be Larry Garcia because, you know, Tony loves him. He'll be probably paying for uh, T.A. in those in his stead. And so we just plug him right back into the spot that T.A. would have occupied. I'm not sure you want to start with uh, right-handed Larry Garcia versus Eduardo Rodriguez. It's not my call, though. So, um, and hopefully Larry's like, F, F-, F- you, Herb. Here's a home <laughs> run immediately at Comayarca Park. Now what? Talk, talk your shit again. I was very shocked that he hit that home run uh, versus Boston that game and then also the home run in game three. So Lurie is an underrated player. I have a unhealthy dislike for him, even though he is the longest-tenured White Sox currently. I just think he represents – it's not necessarily the person. He represents yeah. something of old that I don't want to continue into the future. But I look forward to Lurie starting off the season – correctly with a home run just to make me extra angry and listen i'll say this i mean to, to yeah that he he will do that but uh the thing is i mean tim anderson we've talked about it so many times you know 
Think back to last year, second half of last season when he was dealing with those sore legs. Take him out of the lineup, and it's a very different team. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think, you know, you, you maybe shouldn't be surprised if it, if it doesn't look like the White Sox you've been expecting the first couple games just because – you take Tim Anderson out of there, you're basically unplugging something from this team. And, you know, they can obviously do a lot of damage without him just from a on-paper standpoint. They got guys and guys and guys in that lineup. But the, the thing that he does for them, for the intangibly, uh, is, very, is very important, as we saw last year, and it, it has an effect. And will Tim be up there in the press box with you guys? He's going to be sitting next to me. We're going to be hanging out. Yeah, no, better I, don't, be. I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, what he else probably has somewhere I, way better to sit than next to me in the press box. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm honestly a little bummed, though, that opening day we won't be able to see Tim Anderson. You talk about starting the right way. Like, I just could picture Tim Anderson walking up there against Eduardo Rodriguez. First pitch, just a little, just right over the third baseman, right over the shortstop, right before the left fielder. He just... Walks on into first base. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, I'm gonna I'm so excited to watch him play. I've missed our guys, uh, but it, you know, it's just another two days without Tim Anderson. It, it hurts my heart. Uh, Lira Garcia had five games last year where he uh, led off for the White Sox: two sixty three, three hundred, uh, three sixty eight slugging. Uh, there was also a game where he batted third, which I'm glad I got a lobotomy and forgot about because I uh, I do not need to remember. It must have been a, like a Sunday game where everybody was off and Lurie was the best hitter available. And Adam Ingle was the cleanup hitter like yeah. I don't know what happened that day but it also could have been a day when Moncada was batting third or or and and they scratched Larry had him to and come in for him. an injury yeah, yeah. but it, they had four at bats so I don't know he did yeah oh, so. I don't remember that one yeah, we'll see um but uh looking at the lineup uh, it shouldn't be too I mean what, what should we expect here um I, I know you know obviously Pollock uh, Robert and Aloy out in the outfield because Garcia will be in the infield for Anderson at shortstop. Uh, Moncada has had a head cold or has, has had uh, some hip injuries. He was out of the last uh, spring training game. Uh, do we expect most guys to be playing three games because there is an off day on Monday? Are we expecting you know all the starters to be starting uh, the first three days, at least lineup-wise? I think it depends on the guy. I mean, I think, you know, Aloy, Robert, Abreu, Moncada, uh, and even Josh Harrison probably should be expected to play all three games. You'd probably see Yasmani Grandal catch in two of those games, maybe DH in another. Um, but I think right field, you know, as well as DH, allows Tony to mix in guys, you know, to get in there. And, and one of the points that Tony made last year, you know, when they were dealing with injuries and they had all these fill-in guys kind of playing so much was – Hey, you know, you got to keep these guys fresh. You can't you can't say we're going to sit somebody down for a week and then put them in the starting lineup cuz a guy needs a day off and expect them to do well. So, um, you know, you might see Adam Engel in right field uh, on Sunday. You might see Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets trade off some time at DH something like that. And obviously you're going to get Larry in there as is necessary for Tim Anderson during Tim Anderson's suspension. But yeah, I would, I would expect some of those guys to play all three days because like you said, they get the off day on Monday, but other ones, I mean, Hey, it's the first three is 162. Got a long way to go. And so you got to mix and match them in there. Yeah. Like Abreu is going to play all three games. All three. I know that. Yeah. It takes a lot for Abreu to go out of the game. I mean, remember last year with Hunter Dozier ran into him. It was reported that he was like, no, nah, I don't want to come out of the game. And they was like, no, nah, we just got to take you out. Bro. Huh? And he finished off that series with a uh, game winning stolen base of a uh, home plate. I think that, yeah, most of the players that Vinny named will be playing, and we have two lefties uh, maybe scheduled. So Eduardo Rodriguez starting for the Tigers on Friday and possibly Tarek Skubal on Sunday. So mm-hmm. you're going to get Andrew Vaughn, I think, in both of those scenarios, probably playing designated hitter. And then in that middle game, maybe you get a right-hander pitching and Casey Mize, and then you uh, get uh, Gavin Sheets there. So 
I like it right there. I like yeah. the uh, platoon early, but like I said a couple uh, episodes ago, most of those at bats, if they're going uh, head to head, are going to go to uh, Andrew Vaughn, even though if they have a right hander on the bump, that is a perfect way you could just get them in the in the game. Even though uh, there's a righty on the bump, you can probably play uh, Gavin Sheets right there in the second game. Uh, was that Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue because I wanted to talk about the pitchers. So you're talking about right-handed and left-handedness right here. Uh, let's get into the probable starters. Uh, the probable starters right now have not been released for Game 2 and Game 3 of the Tigers, but I'm assuming it's going to be Casey Mize in Game 2, and I'm assuming it will be Tariq Skubal, uh in Game 3. Uh, so we'll go with uh, we'll go with those two assumptions you the right there. the board that, Vinny? Yeah, Scooble. It's the Scooble. Uh, I don't know if uh, our guy Steven ever put this in there, but in the drops, there might be like a screwball uh, reference uh, in there, like uh, all the sound effects. There might be. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I doubt it's on this machine. Oh, okay. It might be out there. On the, on the main. Yeah. We're in Studio It's coming. There'll, so be, there'll, be, let, plenty well, of, there'll be plenty yeah. of Sox-Tigers matchups that we can drop that for in the future. All right, we'll tease you. We'll, te- we'll give a, a screwball tease uh, to, to all the fine folks. And you guys, and you guys are... I mean, yeah, we, we got all three of us. We got a pregame show coming Sunday. If he's pitching Sunday, we can get it ready for Sunday. That's true. Oh, yeah. oh, hey now, an annoying, annoying pregame on <laughs> Sunday. If that is the case, all right. Let's go off those assumptions, though. So, game one: Lucas Giolito versus Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, Sox versus Tigers. Game two: Cease versus Casey Mize. And then game three: Kopech versus Scooble. Uh, let's go. Game one: Lucas Giolito versus Eduardo Rodriguez. Giolito in his last start against the Tigers: five innings pitched. Two hits, one run, one walk, three Ks, and a 5-4 win uh, on October 2nd, 2021. So one of the last games that we've seen, uh, regular season games, uh, we've seen between the Sox and the Tigers. Uh, what are you expecting from Giolito on the bump after adding 20 pounds of muscle this offseason, Herb? Dominance. I mean, on these games that are highlighted, I think that Lucas brings the best out of himself. And so I don't know if we're going to get that, that maniac that showed up in Oakland. That guy is a thing and that's why I want him to be the ace of this staff because if that guy shows up the one that showed up and dominated the Oakland A's in 2020 playoffs teams are there's no there's no chance and the 20 pounds of muscle hopefully gets this fastball a little bit more life upstairs and compare that with the uh, tunneling on the high fastball the high change up too and he used his slider last year a little bit more in the second half I think to after one of the pitches wasn't working and so he uh, scrapped the change up and went more to a slider hopefully the whole arsenal is there for him in motor city on friday i'm looking forward to lucas giolito starting his al cy young campaign even though i didn't pick him for it in our prediction show i think he and dylan seats both can be al cy young contenders this year yeah, I mean, they definitely both can be, and I think that's definitely Giolito's uh, goal, especially being in a contract situation. He definitely wants to avoid arbitration after what happened this year. Uh, what are you expecting from Lucas? You've seen him down in Arizona. You've been able to talk to him. Uh, what's the mindset for Giolito this year? Yeah, I mean, I, let's put it this way. I think, you know, when you go into a new season, you, so much attention is on the guys who need to improve or guys that uh, you've heard from over the offseason made this huge adjustment, right? A huge mechanical adjustment. Ooh, how that, how's that going to pay off? Or the guys who surprise you. And then you go back and you say, oh, what did they do from last year to now to, to be such a different pitcher? Lucas has, has gone to the, to the point in his career where he is one of the best pitchers in baseball. And so it's now making those little tweaks, those little things that make, you know, changes that maybe the casual fan or even an in, in a, a, a very in-depth fan 
doesn't maybe even pick up on, but it's something that makes a big difference to him or makes a difference enough to elevate that game even further. And so I think you look at something like the weight that he put on or some of the other things that he might be trying to do with some of his pitches, and you say, you know, it might not be drastically different when I'm watching him pitch in terms of, you know, he just struck that guy out. Well, guess what? Luca's been striking guys out for a long time kind of thing. Right. The results might not be all that wildly different. They are still probably going to be very, very good. But for him, in that moment, it's making a big difference. And I think that is something that, you know, could bump him to the top of those uh, those Cy Young conversations or something like that. Listen, Lancelin's not going to be pitching for two months. Right. Lucas Giolito is going to be expected to be the best pitcher on this team. And I think he whether Lance was going to be healthy or not, expects himself to be the best pitcher on this team. That starts with opening day. And, and, and you know, he, he knows that he's got to make it to the end of, of October, you know, if he wants to achieve the things that he wants to achieve. But you can guarantee, I can guarantee you he wants to start things off on a good foot. You remember uh, 2020 when he had the not-such-a-great-start on opening day against the Twins. Oof. And 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 Rough. that was not what he wanted to do. And mm. uh, that was the first start he made. After, or that was the first start he made that se- season. By the end of that season, he was giving us that the best performance he'd ever given with a no-hitter in between. Yeah, and you talked about you know stuff that he wanted to add and, and kind of turn into that, you know, tweak some things to make sure that he is the, the best form of himself. You talked about the idea of uh, him changing up his picks, pitch usage. Uh, I don't know if fans notice but you know at the start of last year he was using a slider 14 percent that finished up around 30 percent and that became his second most used pitch in September that change up that everybody knows he's using it less and less to try to hide it from players more and more because they know what's coming Boston. uh so that's he, what I think about right and, and then that was honestly after May that's when it's kind of switched uh when he when he started lowering that usage and uh that so has to happen like it does I, like Jose Abreu sometimes will look bad inside of the bat and then adjust inside of that at bat. I see Lucas Giolito having that same uh, power to, okay, this is not working. Why is it not working? Cool. Like they, the Josh Donaldson home running is like, hey, no more sticky stuff. Lucas took that personally in that right. game and shoved it up their ass later on in that game. And that's what he did. Like after that Boston start, he thought maybe they were getting signs or they were, t- uh, they were knowing what he was pitching. He just changed it. You scrapped that change up, and it's like, all right, let's go to the slider a little bit more. It was effective. Where people think that last year was kind of like a bad year because they look at that game as a like a big, huge, huge neon sign. Like Lucas Giolito got rocked on Patriots Day, but his season last year was just as good as the season before. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, because Lucas Giolito made the adjustments that the hitters made to him, I think that's what a true ace is about. Once a, a team gets your number re-establishing what you're doing and what they're doing to you and trying to beat them. Like the Lance Lynn thing where he just has a bugaboo against the Astros. It's the thing where he's not the ace because he can't get over that hump. Lucas Giolito sees a problem and he fixes it. Yeah, and hopefully he you know can fix whatever was wrong. Uh, you know, through last year, I think it's just more about consistency for him than anything. Uh, making sure that he's able to bring that effort each and every start. Uh, this is the team that he struggled the most against in the AL Central. Fourteen games in his career, 
457 ERA, which is the worst versus any AL Central team. But a but 1.2 whip. No Nick Castellanos anymore. No Nick Castellanos, <laughs> so we won't have to deal with Nick Castellanos. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it, and again, like that was you know some 2018 worst pitcher in baseball stats. In worst there, so. pitcher in baseball. <laughs> He's not like Dylan Cease who owns the Tigers. Uh, but you know, so some past uh, little you know misfires against the Tigers uh, in Giolito's past. They'll be going up against Eduardo Rodriguez. He has five games in his career against the White Sox, 360 ERA, uh, three home runs, and 30 innings pitched allowed. So that is limiting damage as a left-hander against this Sox team. A 1.0 whip uh, in those 30 innings as well. So Eduardo Rodriguez has had success against the Sox in his Boston career, now coming over to the AL Central. Uh, what's the uh, welcome party going to be like for, uh, for, for Eduardo Rodriguez on, on, on Friday? I hate to say it. I think Eduardo Rodriguez is going to pitch a gym out there on Uh-oh. Friday for the Tigers. You said he's had success. There's no tr- uh, uh, t- Tim Anderson at the top of the lineup to start the trends of hitting the ball a lot and hard in Detroit. I think Tim starts. The, I think it was a couple of years ago where he was out for a couple of games. He came back. Aloy came back. Offense immediately right. went. Maybe on Sunday when Tim comes back uh, versus Tarek Skubal, we'll see that same offensive explosion. But I feel Eduardo Rodriguez done do very well versus the White Sox. I'm looking for a low-scoring game on Friday afternoon. Yeah, I think you know weather plays into that too. You, you, you. White Sox fans are quite familiar with watching this team play in April and seeing you know Luis Robert uh, have everything covered up except his eyes. You know what I mean? Jose Abreu, <laughs> Yohan Moncada. You know those guys come from where it's very nice, yes. very nice weather, and uh, to play in the Midwest in April is not uh, not ideal uh, for anyone, but especially if you're used to uh, you know nothing but good stuff. Uh, yeah, so. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez is a good pickup for for Detroit. Certainly, you know they've they've got a nice team that they're building over there. But uh, we'll see. The White Sox have uh, feasted against left-handed starting pitching in recent yeah. years. So um, I do think Tim Anderson being out makes a big difference. But like I said, there's guys in that lineup. Right. Just because Tim Anderson's out of it doesn't mean you don't have to face Robert Abreu, Moncada, Grandal, and Eloy. So we'll see how it goes. Right. And what have you done for me lately? Eduardo Rodriguez versus the White Sox. June 24th, 2019 was his last start. Six and one third, six hits, five earned runs, four Ks. So not a dominant start from Erod uh, in that one. Uh, what, I, before we go on, uh, what are your thoughts about having Robert lead off? I know you mentioned Leary being the leadoff hitter, but at least for those first two games, uh, Robert did bat 13 games leadoff last year for the Sox. Uh, any chance that he starts leading off for the Sox uh, of those first two games? You're nodding yes. Yeah, he? I think he will. Why wouldn't okay. he? I mean, I mean, he said Leary. Yeah, I, I just so think you can plug you, and play. Right, exactly. You're saying get everybody used to their spot in the lineup. I yeah. understand that. I think these guys are professionals. Um, I think Robert will lead off uh, these first two games. If I was doing the lineup, I would go for more of an unbased guy, and that's Yohan Moncada there. I would have him leading off and then go to Robert. But, you know, I'm fine if Robert's the leading off guy. Then you have, uh, if you want to put Grandal right behind Robert, oh, please. Grandal in front of Abreu, to me, makes much more sense than Abreu in front of Grandal. But, alas, that's not going to happen because Jose's got the third uh, spot locked up. Yeah, I think that they'll probably, if they go Robert leadoff, they'll probably slot Moncada in second. But I think more aggressively, I think I I like Grandal Grandal second. But also, too, I mean, like uh, Abreu is batting behind him, and you don't want to put Grandal on uh, to run for Abreu. I mean, there's a reason why those RBI totals are up, and it's because Yasmani Grandal isn't on base in front of him uh, trying to score runs. But if you're on base more than the guy before you, there are 42% of the time he's on base. 
hit the ball with a, a fence and he'll <laughs> score easily. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's go into game two. Dylan Cease versus Casey Mize. I talked about Cease owning the Tigers. Nine games in his career against the uh, Tigers. 8-0 with a 2-10 ERA. Uh, what are we expecting, Cease versus the Tigers here? Uh, and you've brought it up before that he owns them, but, uh, I mean, those are great numbers right there. Dominant. I believe his first start in the big leagues was that was that 4th of July weekend uh, uh, doubleheader against against the Tigers. Abreu had the big walk-off, or was it Abreu or Moncada had the big walk-off home run? Abreu had the big walk-off uh, home run in that in one, the other end of that game, so... Listen, Dylan C's been pitching well against Detroit for as long as he's been a big leaguer, and uh, I don't think you're going to see that stop um, because he's, you know, a really good pitcher, as we've spent the entire offseason discussing. The most interesting storyline, I think, as you uh, for the beginning of this season, whether it's the first weekend, the first month, the first two months, how is how are Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech going to look? Uh, I think that Lucas Giolito, Dallas Keuchel, and before he got hurt, Lance Lynn, it kind of wiped those concerns about, you know, longevity really away. And maybe they would, you know, give them a, a bit of a shorter lease just because they don't want them to overdo it. But it seemed like those three guys, they were ready to, to do what they do on a regular basis come opening day. And now you got two of them still in the starting rotation. Dylan Cease was a little bit behind schedule, just the tiniest bit. Michael Kopech, obviously, we've been talking about for a while with the workload management that he's going to be handling. So, um, We'll see. It's it, it, I th- I, I'm curious to see how many innings Dylan Cease is going to throw on Saturday. I'm even more curious to see how many innings Michael Kopech is going to throw on Sunday. Yeah. But that, to me, is the big storyline of this weekend, other than T.A. being out for those first two well, games. Well, and before we get into that, like, what, what do you think is the limit for these guys? Is there a, an innings limit that you won't see them pitch? Because we've seen Dylan Cease be really effective against Detroit April 29th last year. Uh, he goes seven innings, uh, allowing three hits, nine strikeouts, and a, and a shutout performance. I think that I would be surprised if Lucas Giolito goes seven just because I think they want to take it easy. That's nothing to do with his performance. I think they just want to take it easy. Dylan told me when I talked to him in spring training, his goal for opening day was to throw five innings. That might have changed. The last few weeks of spring training might have gone really well for him. and And maybe he goes past that. I would say five innings for Dylan Cease is probably likely. I have no idea what we're going to see from Michael Kopech. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's... Pretty crazy, and Kopech's a totally different story. We'll get to him on Game 3, but you look last year, Herb, 92 pitches, 90, 85, 80, 91. That was the amount of pitches that Cease was throwing in April last year. I would be surprised to see any of these guys hit 90 pitches uh, in in this upcoming series. Yeah, and if it goes well with the offense, you might might see five and dive from Dylan Cease. And, you know, if he has no stress on these pitches, maybe Tony lets him get to 85 pitches, and sees where he can go. But he has a bullpen full of uh, people back there, which we've been talking about. They spent a lot of money on the bullpen. Might as well use it. Not uh, having Dylan Cease go out there and throw his arm out on an April game versus Detroit. That's not smart at all. I think the White Sox will be heavily bullpen uh, in this series, specifically because they have the off day on Monday, and they want to showcase it. Like You don't want to have Detroit get the third at bat versus Dylan Cease the third at bat versus uh, Lucas Gilo if they don't need to. We have people back there. Let them get a new look at somebody who's throwing 95-plus and something that's falling off the table. So I see this series as a 85 limit for Dylan Cease. Same around that same thing for uh, Lucas Gilo and oof, Michael Kopech. I, I don't know. If he pitches 85, I, I would be he better have a no hitter. shocked. Like, yeah. Absolutely shocked if he pitches over 55 pitches. Yeah. Well, and it might be why Tanner Banks is on this team, right? right? I mean, the opening day roster is just the first day of a very, very long season. And 
nobody gets moved around more than relief pitchers. Now, obviously, they've got some different rules to prevent so much turnover this season, but maybe that's why Tanner Banks got an opening day roster spot, to be there because they know what they can get from Dylan Cease and they know what they can get from Michael Kopech, and it's not enough to cover two-thirds of a game. Right, and they know what they can get from Dylan Cease because last year, 16 innings pitched against the Tigers, 22 strikeouts, uh, only three earned runs. He was dominant, so they're hoping that he will continue that stretch against the Detroit Motor City Kitties on Saturday. Casey Mize will be his opponent versus the Sox in 2021 last year. 16 innings pitched, 13 hits, 4 walks, 8 earns, and 16 strikeouts against the Sox. I think fans will most likely remember his start against the uh, Sox on June 3rd when they hit three home runs off of him. It was Moncada, Lamb, and Grandal getting to Casey Mize. But their young star, their young ace, Casey Mize, uh, you're afraid of him. I know you don't like him. I know you're worried about his potential. I have shades of Justin Verlander, shades of Max Scherzer, young pitchers in the Detroit series system where I think the White Sox got the best of Max Scherzer early in his career, the best of Justin Verlander early in his career. Then it was lights are on. <laughs> that's enough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the guy that I've been told to be. And that's coming for Casey Mize eventually. I hope it's not this year or ever, but <laughs> it's going to come. And um, I just wish the White Sox tee off on them while they can. I mean, the three home runs were by uh Goat Jake Lamb out there. I heard you just say right there. Rake Rake Lamb. Rake Rake Lamb. Lamb. Sorry, my my bad. It's okay. I mean, is he in? Where is he? uh, L.A. Dodger now? Yeah, Dodger. God damn it! The guy was just so good back then. But Casey Mize is coming. I'm not too afraid of the guy who's going to pitch on Sunday, Tarek Skubal, mostly because the White Sox has gotten off on him, and he's a lefty. As we've been talking about, White Sox hit lefties particularly well. Yeah, they do. Um, and, and uh. With Mize, Vinny, uh, anything in specific stand out on how he could probably beat the Sox? I mean, being a right-handed help, right-hander helps. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, good job by him not throwing with the left hand. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I, I think when you look at these guys, particularly the the last two in this series that they're going to see, you, you're looking at a, a group of Tigers <laughs> players that that are on the rise, right? And I think yeah. Herb, you mentioned it. You these guys are maybe not scary. This weekend. By the end of the year, they're going to be scary. Mm -hmm. And by the start of next year, they're going to be even scarier. I mean, this is what teams just watch the White Sox do. And who knows if the Tigers are going to hit on the number of guys that the White Sox to this point seem to have hit on. But whether it's in the starting rotation or whether it's in the lineup, there are some huge prospect names, some huge now former prospect names making their way, learning, developing at the big league level. Nobody was scared of Lucas Giolito when he was the worst pitcher in baseball. (laughs) And then a year later, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. And that's what he's been since. So we're watching that. We watched it when it came to the White Sox. We're going to see it in, in segments when it comes to the Tigers, when they come to town or the White Sox go, go to Michigan. Well, and I think that's a, probably the best place to first bring up the Detroit Tigers lineup. Uh, one of those guys being the, the the young prospect, Spencer Torkelson, he's making the open day roster for the Tigers. He'll be in the lineup for the Tigers this series. Uh, Torkelson, very, very dangerous with the bat. Uh, what are you expecting from Torkelson this year? Um, I picked him to be the rookie of the year uh, in our prediction show yesterday, and I just think he has premium bat at a premium well. He used to play third base, but now Yammer Candelario will be there, so he'll probably mostly get his at-bats at first base. But gap-to-gap, power, I mean, the guy was the number one pick overall a couple of years ago for a reason. 
he I think that they lost Riley Green. That was going to be the better of the two players. Mm-hmm. Riley Green uh, got hurt uh, in spring training. I think he was a center fielder. So White Sox dodged a bullet there, and then they went to go and picked up Austin Meadows. But Spencer Torkelson will be a nice player this year. Not special, but a really good rookie where you're like, oh, God damn it. He's going to come. He's going to be there eventually. And then we've we got to deal with this goddamn team 18 <laughs> times a week. Oh, no, I forgot. Balanced schedules next year. Let's go. Yeah, 14 times a year. There you go. We don't <laughs> have to see 14. him as much. Uh, 430 at-bats last year in the minors for Torkelson. 30 home runs, Dumb. which is uh, insane. Over AAA, AA, and advanced day. So uh, he, he got advanced and pushed through that uh, that organization very, very quickly. All right, let's go to game three. Uh, one guy I want to talk about mainly, uh, Tariq Skubal has struggled against the... Uh, Skubal has struggled against the, uh, the White Sox throughout his career. Four games started. Uh, against the Sox, 18 innings, 26 hits allowed, uh, eight walks, three earned runs, or sorry, uh, 13 home run, uh, 13 earned runs uh, allowed for him, a 6.50 ERA against the Sox. So he will need to figure out his struggles against the Sox. But Michael Kopech will be starting that day uh, for the Chicago White Sox on Sunday. We will have a pregame that day. Kopech, the biggest thing that I want to start off with is uh, this is a, a big story for at least his career because first start after being in the bullpen in 2020, but the last official start start that he made in a non-doubleheader game was Detroit, September 5th, 2019, before he then gets injured and has to get Tommy John. So what does this mean coming back to the place where you kind of, where it all fell apart in a way for, for, for Michael Kopech? It's been a while, hasn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, seriously, and I think, I think maybe it doesn't have that big of a meaning to him because it's like, wow, that seems like a lifetime ago. And, and all the stuff not that the he's... Not the same pitcher, right? Not the same, not the same pitcher, not the same person, all yeah. the stuff that he's gone through. And... I mean, listen, it, it's going to be all eyes on Kopech, and, and it was always going to be, but now he's the fourth starter instead of the fifth starter. Or if you want to even, if you thought he was always going to be ahead of Dallas Keuchel, he's the third starter instead of the fourth starter. I mean, this is a guy who now, not only are the White Sox hoping that he can be the guy they've always hoped he could be, they're relying on him. He, he, is, he is an integral part of what they hope to do this year. And it starts it starts on Sunday. And I think, you know what? You talk about Tarek Skubal. It, it, Skubal? It doesn't, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter who they're facing. It doesn't matter who they're facing. I don't think you guys need the drop. We don't. You just we're kind of better without it, aren't we? <laughs> um, because it, it doesn't matter who they're facing because what the offense does does not matter in that game. It's yeah. it's it's all about watching Kopech and seeing what he does, S- finding out just information about how they plan to use him here in the early going. But more so, can he come out and be the guy that was promised from the day that Chris Sale trade was made? We're gonna find out this year. All right, Herb. Uh, let's go through it. You know, perfect world. Lucas Giolito goes seven innings. He's followed by uh, Kendall Graveman and Liam Hendricks. Uh, Dylan Cease goes seven innings. He's followed by Aaron Bummer and Liam Hendricks. So the only two, three arms that you've used out of the bullpen are Graveman, Bummer, and Hendricks. How do you follow up Michael Kopech, who goes 55 pitches, four innings? What is the route to get to a win? Uh, how, how, how do you handle the next five innings for the Chicago White Sox? Well, if you don't use Tanner Banks in that regard, uh, the first two games, maybe right there you switch up on the Detroit Tigers. You don't give them the same or similar things with Raylo right there. I would love him because I think he's the better pitcher between the two of him and Tanner Banks. Say if Michael gives you two, go to Tanner for see how long he goes. If he can give you a full inning, awesome. If he can't, you bring in Raylo for four extended innings. Like I don't know if he can pitch four right now, 
But yesterday's, uh, or was it yesterday or two days ago when uh, Michael Kopech yesterday. pitched two innings and it was like four walks. That was the, the most glaring thing I saw on the on the stat line. I saw four walks. I was like, not good. I mean, he might have been working on something. Hopefully he was. That's what we cannot have. Michael Kopech 100% has to at least go two innings. That is bar. That's the lowest bar right there. So Banks, then you get the ball to Raylo. Then you can advance to whoever you need to. Like, there's no Vince Velasquez because he's pitching game five of this series uh, or the season. Then you eventually try to have to go and get. I'm trying to think of the people who are in the back. If we can still have go to Aaron Bummer because he only pitched right. one time yeah. and there's an off day. So all hands are on deck right there for that game. If you need somebody to pick up innings and grab the W, I think Tony might be doing this depending on wins. Like, if they won. On Friday and Saturday, I know he wants to win every single game, and he feels that way. But human nature is to you know relax a little bit, you know, not push the pedal down to the floor because you've already won two out of the three games. Sit back, relax, and strap, strap it, down. it down. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and so maybe he just like okay, let's get this guy into the game, even though it's a within three or four runs either right. way. Let's try to get this guy some innings, get some work in, not. Uh, exhaust Liam Hendricks because I don't think he'll pitch in that game if you your scenario comes true. He won't be closing out that third game. It'll be somebody else like Kendall Graveman. Yeah, and uh, this was from Sun-Times. The plan was for Kopech to be ready for four or five innings Sunday, uh, but that might be a stretch now, he said. I came out there with a little to no feel and pressed a little hard trying to find the zone and work around it instead of tacking hitters like I know I should do. That's what Kopech said after his uh, difficult spring training outing uh, on Tuesday. So we'll see how he's able to rebound. But they're able to get five innings. That'd be, I think, ideal God. for the Sox. I mean, I, I don't think they'd be complaining at all if, if you get five innings from uh, Michael Kopech in his first he's striking start. striking zero people out. He's just getting people to hit the ball, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, he's, he's just Jamie Moyering, like, like throwing uh, change-ups and 80 miles per hour yeah. on the on the corners. Yeah, he's So just Jim Tomey is a Philly, but you're, welcome, but you're bringing up Jamie Moyer. Again, it's yeah. just <laughs> insane the weird... He was a Philly. History. Yes. Jamie Moyer was a Philly. You're and a Mariner wrong. and a Cub. Yeah. Jamie Moyer Rocky. was on every team. Jamie yeah, Moyer was true. a Cub before I was born. How about that? <laughs> yes. Not me. <laughs> All right. Let's go into, uh, well, no. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's Michael Kopech. Any any final thoughts? Because I feel like, uh, you know, five innings would be ideal for him. 55 pitches. Do we miss anything else to Kopech? No, I mean, you're going to want to see the performance, obviously, yeah, too. I right. mean, listen, it, it, it it's obviously about how long he can go, how long they'll let him go. It's it's also, you know, he's got to deliver. He's got to be a guy for them this year, and he's got to do it starting this weekend. And excited to watch baseball, excited for baseball to be back. And if you enjoy baseball, you can download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but you if you make it $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you're looking to bet on baseball this week, this weekend, Use the PointsBet app. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone with Lucas Giolito's recent success against the Detroit Tigers and with a lefty on the bump. I will take the White Sox uh, this Friday. So that is your points bet pick of the week. What are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right, guys, let's go in. Three games. 
this weekend against the Detroit Tigers. We will have a pregame show 15 minutes before Friday's game and Sunday's game. We will have an hour-long postgame show after Friday's game and after Sunday's game. Excited to start showing you the full, uh, full, you know, output of the CHGO White Sox team. It should be fun. Vinny will be up in Detroit covering those games on Friday and Saturday. But let's get some predictions. Herb, three games against the Tigers. How many are the Sox taken? They take two, and it's not the ones you think. They lose the first one. I think Eduardo Rodriguez shoves, and the White Sox offense does not show up as much. Then the White Sox take advantage of Casey Mize not being ready as yet. And when that game in, of course, they crush Tyrk Skubal, and they win the game on Sunday. All right, Vinny, prediction? I'll say win-win-loss. Win-win-loss. Uh, Cease is going to dominate on Saturday. I think Giolito comes out firing on, on Friday. TA comes back on Sunday, probably does a bunch of cool shit, but, uh, <laughs> the, you know, the Kopech situation is too big of a mystery for me, and uh, I think they might be trying to patch together some pitching that day. We got a broom anywhere? I think uh, I think we should bust out the broom. I think the oh. first series, it's going to oh. happen. I think, I think uh, the White Sox will... Definitely struggle against the Tigers this year. Uh, I'm really high on the Tigers. I think the Tigers can be good. Wait, uh, are you saying the Tigers are going to sweep? No. Oh, okay. Let me finish, my man. Uh, I was like, where are you going? <laughs> I'm going with that. I think that they'll be uh, uh, difficult for the Sox, maybe not right away. I think that the Sox will be able to handle the uh, the Tigers this weekend. I really love Giolito against the Tigers. Obviously, I love Dylan Cease against the Tigers. I think they'll be able to handle him. And then with the lefty on the mound, I think you're probably going to get like a 10-8 to 8 ball game on Sunday. It's going to be messy. It's going to be sloppy. But the MVP of that game will be Tim Anderson. He hits like 342, 382, and like, you know, has an OPS over 1,000 against the Tigers. He loves hitting against the Tigers. There's no Matt Boyd this year, uh, but he loves hitting against lefties. So uh, Tariq Skubal uh, will be uh, definitely terrorized by TA uh, this weekend. You guys got an MVP? of the weekend anyone that you think will stand out who you got I'll say Dylan Cease okay. I, I don't think the innings will be there but I think the ones that he d- does throw will be very very good I'm gonna go with my MVP for the season Luis Robert all right there you go I, I'll go with Andrew Vaughn I think that he'll get two starts and I think Andrew Vaughn will have a nice day DHing uh, Lawrence you got any thoughts here well I was just gonna say if you're if you were picking a sweep I thought maybe Liam Hendricks would be your guy because he's probably getting three saves yeah I think it's just Liam Hendricks though oh, I think yeah, Liam Hendricks Liam will Hendricks. just be Liam okay. Hendricks and you know Moniker and Rachel yeah Mon- Moniker and Rachel with his Lego collection, uh, you know, just going out and, and shutting down the weird-ass uh, Detroit Tigers. But uh, thank you to everybody for listening. We are so excited for opening day. On Friday, it will be at 11.45. Herb and I will have the pregame show for you, uh, the CHGO White Sox pregame show. We'll have pre and post all throughout the season. Guys, it should be a fun year. I'm excited to do it with you. Can uh, I change my MVP for the weekend? Yeah, go ahead. My MVP of the weekend is going to be Vinny Duber because he's going to oh. be up in Detroit and he'll be watching Jack Black. Oh, Jack Black. Jack White. Jack Please Black. Don't Jack, Black Jack Black might show up. Jack Who Black knows? But yeah. Was, well, the uh, <laughs> other member. D. Oh, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Gass. Uh, show up? Kyle Gass. Kyle Gass. Yeah. No, it's oh. Kyle. Of uh, Meg White, you Meg think Meg White, White's going to be there? I would bet against it, but we'll see. Oh. How about <laughs> Allison, Allison Mosshart? Maybe. Of, uh, you, know. you never know from Dead Weather. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see. All right. They're married. Meg and Jack were. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that was the story, right? Always thought yeah. they brother sister. I that was know. the story. That was yeah. the story, but they were actually married. Anyways, uh, Friday, April 8th, uh, around 11.45, Herb and I will have the pregame show for you. We'll take you up to that 12.10 start, and then we'll have an hour pregame show, uh, postgame show for you on Friday and Sunday. Vinny will be joining us on Sunday for that pre- and postgame show, so it should be fun. Feel free to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You don't want to miss 
any of that action, CHGO Sports. You can find us there. We got over 13,000 subscribers, and getting more White Sox fans there will be great. Make sure to follow Vinny Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He'll be out in Detroit this weekend. You can follow Herb Lawrence on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. You can follow the show on Twitter, at CHGO underscore White Sox. And you can follow me, Sean Anderson, the host of CHGO White Sox podcast, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you, Lawrence, for your production, and go White Sox for the 2022 season. I don't know. Can we, can we edit that out? The go, go socks. Yeah, that's much better. Let's edit that way. <laughs>